0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Matt Cohen about what makes a great startup leader and how founders can best grow their teams. and welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Jonathan.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today and to have a chance to chat. Uh, We are going to be focusing our time today on your area of expertise around founders and entrepreneurship, what makes a great startup leader, and how founders can best grow their teams. Uh, I I think this is a particular interest to many individuals uh, in in this technology-driven space right now. Uh, We have so many opportunities uh, to develop new ventures and to launch new businesses and What what I've often found as as an HR, Organizational Development Leadership uh, Consultant, is that many founding teams don't really understand a lot about leadership or the people side of business because, you know, they're great coders or they they have a really great product idea or whatever. All that's really important and and super necessary in the startup stage. But as you start to grow, you also have to think about all these other elements that perhaps isn't, you know, in their competency base. So we'll explore some of that kind of stuff together today and focus on how to be a good leader in that, that uh, founding and startup space. As we get started, I wanted to share Matt's bio with everybody. Matt Cohen is an entrepreneur and venture capitalist focused on early stage technology. He has been involved with some great companies, but his first investment in Turnstile Solutions as a founding investor influenced him the most. From the early days of Turnstile, he helped bring an idea to life and watched his initial investment turn into a 50 person company that was eventually acquired by a US public company in 2017. He founded Ripple Ventures in 2018 to help entrepreneurs and startups learn from his experiences while giving them more than just capital to succeed. Uh, again, a great pleasure to be with you. Thanks for joining me. Anything else you would like to share with the listener by, by way of background or personal context before we launch on it?
1: No, just a little bit more, you know, when we sold Turnstile to Yelp in 2017, you know, that was a really uh, eye-opening experience for me to learn how to take uh, a very limited capital uh, base uh, to get a company going uh, and also to use other resources available to us besides capital to grow the business and attract talent. And that's sort of what led me down this path. And it was all about the ripple effect of seeing you know, a small investment, a large investment for me, but small in the grand scheme of things turn into a 50 person company and just sort of seeing those ripples turn into waves was exactly the reason why I started Ripple Ventures and called it Ripple Ventures is because I saw the ripple effect take hold in, in real yeah. life with my first investment.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So so as you find yourself in this space, both you know from personal experience as a, a startup founder, as well as a venture capitalist, um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned in terms of the leadership competencies, capabilities, the focus that's needed uh, when you're in this founding stage and starting to grow and scale your business.
1: Yeah. It's a great question. Something we're still trying to like nail down ourselves at ripple ventures. But I think the first thing for people to understand is being a great founder doesn't necessarily make you a great leader or what we call a CEO of a company, right? Not everyone was designed to be a CEO, but they can still be founders. And especially when you're starting a company, you just throw up titles left, right, and center. I'll be the CEO. You be the CTO. We see it in the movies time and time again. But giving those titles to someone at the early stage doesn't really mean anything. But founder is something that I always tell our founders is something that can never be taken away from you. You will always be the founder of your company, but you may not always be the CEO or be the leader of the company forever. We also tell our founders, the people you start the company with are most likely not the people you finish the company with when you eventually have a successful exit at the end of the road. And so we always try to make them aware of that, that you can never lose your founder title, but don't be fooled into thinking you deserve to have the CEO title all the way through. Uh, And it's something we always tell companies when they hire people too. Are you hiring a maker or are you hiring a manager? Sometimes the founders are all great makers of product or great makers of sales teams and things like that, but they're not great managers of those positions. And so we want to make sure we're very clear with people when they go into a startup journey together, it's okay to know that you may not be the leader of this company. You know, growing up, I've always been told to work hard and play hard or work smarter, not harder. You know, but in my time spent as an operator turned venture capitalist, I've come to question a lot of these sentiments. And the founders that I like to work with I always say founders should work smarter and harder. You know, just blindly working hard as a founder rarely allows you to get ahead and working smartly rarely develops the grit and determination mindset in the field to survive those failures and setbacks. So we like to tell our founders, make sure you work smarter and harder in the early days and also in order to become a leader, need to learn from somebody else. So having a great advisor or mentor around you as you're a founder evolving into a leader is really important at the early stage.
0: I really like that <laughs> that last piece of advice. Really, everything you just said is spot on, and it's definitely a different skill set. Now, it's not to say if uh, a founder can't. Grow into being a great CEO and a great leader. We, there are many examples of that, but it's it is a different skill set, and so they'll have to be able to grow into it. They'll have to be able to adapt and pivot in terms of their focus, in terms of the attention they give, and and, and what they do, right? And so it's it's not for everybody. Uh, you can be an awesome founder. You may not be a great manager or a great leader, and that's okay. Um, you can be a, a wonderful, super successful entrepreneur, um, accomplish great things produce great products and services, provide great value to the market, um, and you may not be a great leader, and that's okay. So, so focusing on that, recognizing that, acknowledging that, I think that's a really important first step. And then, like you said, you know, having those, these personal advisors around you, people that you can lean on, recognizing perhaps where the gaps are, perhaps where you are a little bit limited in your current capabilities. Uh, if you have a good Trusted team of advisors that you can lean on, lean on their expertise certainly, but also lean on them in your own career and professional development and growth. So you can have a chance to grow into the type of leader that you might want to be for your organization. Maybe you're happy being a solopreneur. Maybe you're happy just you know founding and starting um, organizations uh, and then selling them and moving on and, and and starting another one and being a serial entrepreneur. That all of that's fine, um, but perhaps. You know, you have something that's really your baby, you really do want to grow with it. Uh, that's not going to just magically automatically happen. That's only going to happen as you give attention to your own development so that you ensure that you have the skills and the capabilities necessary to be effective as you continue to grow.
1: Yeah, and also being humble, I'd say, is one of the biggest qualities we look for in a, in a founder. You know, understanding what they don't know is really important. And so when we speak with founders, we always tell them, you know, be open to f- feedback, but also accept feedback. You know, Some people just say, I, I'm open to feedback, but really, they're just nodding their head politely and saying yes. But understanding where that feedback is coming from, the why people are saying those things, and incorporating that into your decision-making is really important. You know, At Ripple Ventures, we consider ourselves to be at the most inner layer of working with our founders. We think there's three layers to working with founders. There's the inner layer, where you're working with founders on a day-to-day basis. They're giving you calls late at night asking you, hey, my uh, co-founder is underperforming, what should I do? Then there's the middle layer where there's people who are there quarterly board meetings or quarterly catch-ups, or just asking for advice on specific targets. Like, hey, I want to speak with someone at Salesforce. Do you know anyone there? And then there's the outer layer, which is really just people on your cap table that you barely know, and you just use their name in a press release. And so thinking about how to leverage the people at the most inner layer and taking the feedback they give you to heart is really important as a founder as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Great points. And so as we acknowledge that, uh, that allows us then to move into, to lean into um, the development, the people development and the growth stage within the organization. Um, What has been your experience in supporting founders as they're trying to grow their teams? Like what are the best practices, the principles, perhaps, even more so than best practices, what are those principles Um, that founders should uh, lean on when they're trying to grow their team, especially especially in those early stages, the initial founding team, but then of course, scaling as well.
1: Absolutely. I'd say the first and foremost thing is make sure you put in the work early to allow you to do things Later on, that allow you to scale, you know, short term pain for long term gain is really important. And what I mean by that is pretend like you are a 50 person company only when you're a five person company, you know, allow yourselves to build the infrastructure around you so that when you get to that point, it makes it a lot easier. It's always harder to go back in time So do it at the time when you're not actually ready for that scale. Earlier on, so maybe having HR policies in place, or having you know um, weekly meetings that are scheduled for people that you already are talking to on a day-to-day basis. But having that structure allows other people to just jump in with both feet very quickly. The other thing we always say to founders is make sure you put your team and company first. It's all about your team and company because without them, you're really nothing. You're basically back to square one, just being a solo founder or two founders. And that's really important. And so, you know, putting your team and company first on all the decisions is really important, meaning, Maybe you want to give a little bit more equity than you're really comfortable with because you want to make sure your team is in it for the long run. You want them to be aligned with you. And so we're really uh, passionate about having our founders own a lot of their company, but also give a lot of the company to their existing employees at the earliest stages, taking the most risk, even though it's diluted to us as investors, we think it makes for a better overall experience for everyone in the long run. And then the last thing we like to tell founders is manage your time effectively and delegate the task to those who are far more capable than you are meaning don't try to be a swiss army knife to everything with your company try to delegate things like marketing or recruiting or even outsourcing things like pr or you know content things like that if it makes you a better founder and allows you to focus your time effectively on the things that are most impactful to your company also knowing your own limits and recognizing when you are not the smartest person in the room is really important. Back to my point about being humble, knowing what you don't know, is another thing we tell founders to help them grow their teams.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations yeah, I mean that is i can 't overstate how important that is <laughs> that that uh, intellectual humility uh, is so vital and it, it can be a hard thing because you know there there, there definitely is a certain amount of you know drive and ego that that's important you know for entrepreneurs and in a startup phase um, but you have to be able to balance that uh, willing you know to, to, to risk to take on so much risk because you believe so much in your idea there's a certain amount of hubris to that right but but uh, having that but coupling it and balancing it with some intellectual humility and just recognizing you do not need to be the expert on your team, you you can't be the expert on everything. You have your area that you're focusing mm-hmm. on, and if you're truly going to leverage the capacities of people around you, you know, form a great founding team, get people with different skill sets, lean on their expertise, and then facilitate you know the, the the dialogue that needs to happen so you can create together. Um, and and certainly don't micromanage. Mm-hmm. And if if you can start to do that, and and you know that requires developing trust, letting go of some control, um, you know, allowing other people, empowering other people to make decisions and follow through on those decisions while of course holding everyone accountable. If you can start to do that, um, you can truly grow into your role as a leader you know, in, in the the growth stage of the company. If you can't do that, if you really have trouble handing over control, mm-hmm. uh, developing trust with the people you work with um, and, and ultimately delegation doesn't really happen or at least not true delegation um, and you, you're kind of still having your finger in every little pie. If that's the case, um, you know, you're going to stunt the potential of your team. You're going to stunt the growth of the organization and and ultimately... You know, it may work in the short term, but in the long term, it's just not sustainable, uh, as, as, especially if you just have great success and the company starts to grow. There's no way you can continue to keep you know, your, yourself inserted into everyone else's um, work and, and maintain that level of control and be successful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen it crush companies, literally, uh, when a CEO tried to do everything and it ended up being the demise of the company. It's probably one of the hardest things for a founder to accept is delegating tasks to things that they think they can do the best.
0: Absolutely. So these are all great uh, comments, great uh, insights and tips uh, in the work that you do with with the startups and the the founders that you work with. Uh, Any other general kind of leadership approaches that you would take, uh, particularly as it relates to uh, perhaps the structure, the organizational design of uh, of this founding team and the organization as it starts to grow.
1: Yeah. I think, like I said earlier, giving out senior titles too early could also be a huge detriment to a company's success. It seems like it's very you know minor, but really it can end up becoming a huge thorn in your side because when you give out that VP title or that head of title, and all of a sudden that person doesn't perform to the level at which you want them to It's really hard to be like, well, I'm already at the head of something. Are you going to hire someone who's more senior than me? What's their title going to be? Because anything less than that, I feel like I'm going to get a demotion. And so making sure you don't give titles away too early in the company's journey, even if you want to make sure that externally the customers feel like they're talking with the most senior person, that's different than internally. And so we really advise founders to think hard about what kind of um, precedent they're setting for their uh, employees and also for future employees when they give away such, you know, egregious titles like VP of something that really should not be given at the very early stage of a company. We've seen it happen too many times.
0: Yeah, in fact, I mean, that seems like the norm. Uh, and so I guess... I, I, I always, I always kind of chuckle when I see that, you know, a, a new startup and someone's VP of whatever. And I'm like, okay, you know, how many people do you have reporting to you? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, what, what are you actually managing and leading? Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm not sure how many people really even buy those titles in the first place. And do they really, so do, do they serve that purpose of, of what titles usually serve in terms of potential progression and those sorts of things? Uh, and, and is that risk uh, did, Are the, or the benefits, the limited benefits, as I perceive them, are, are they worth the risks involved with, you know, giving someone that title too early and then having the types of issues arise like you described? I, I don't think so. I, I think that is is just making a mess that's unnecessary. Um, and, and to your point, perhaps, you know, you're, you're trying to attract um, people on your founding team, perhaps the title is, you know, some, part of that um, that, that attraction, uh, but it just have honest conversations about it and help, help them understand why perhaps a a title like that isn't the best idea. And instead focus on things like equity, (laughs) other things that can ultimately be more valuable, uh, to them anyways, and demonstrate, you know, the, uh, the value that they're adding as part of the founding team.
1: It's an ego boost really for people's LinkedIn profiles, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of people can't show their compensation on LinkedIn or don't feel comfortable, but they do feel comfortable showing a big splashy title uh, to their friends and family maybe, and that's what helps them feel okay with uh, giving it out. But I remember when I worked at the bank uh, at RBC working on Wall Street before I started you know, Ripple Ventures, um, we had titles like vice president and director and all these titles for you know newer employees. And even my parents were like, wow, you're already vice president. That's pretty young to be vice president of the bank. (laughs) And I realized, you know, it was just titles they gave out to people to make them feel like they were being adequately compensated with a title when they weren't being compensated financially uh, on the other side. So I learned early on in my career that titles really are meaningless in the grand scheme of things.
0: Yeah, especially when they're not coupled with good, meaningful compensation, uh, it's 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 really almost like a smile to your face, stab you in the back, kind of a situation. So let's let's just uh you know find other meaningful ways uh to help people know that they're valued. Uh and I think that's probably a better situation in most cases. Well, Matt, I this is all super fascinating and and uh, I really appreciate all the insights that you've uh provided. Um before we wrap up today, I just wanted to um see if you had any final thoughts in relation to leadership more generally you know even outside of the the founder space the startup space the entrepreneurial space and then we'll uh we'll start to wrap up and I'll give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you and and you can give us the final word on the topic for today
1: yeah absolutely you know as a former founder and someone who works with founders every day at the early stages of building their businesses i can tell you that most founders you know, could publish a novel of the lessons learned and the mistakes they've made along the way. But when it comes down to it, you know, work ethic and grit are essential to success for all founders and leaders. You know, all success has been met with equal parts of failure. And in my own experience, it's how you handle these hiccups that measures how successful you actually are as a founder. And Ripple, you know, we love working with founders every day, hands-on, through the good and the bad. And most importantly, it's where the founders are working with you on the bad days that you know what your relationship will look like on the really good days. And so it's important for founders out there to understand that you know relationship with the investors if they are looking for investors in their company and to know that money is not the most important thing when it comes to picking the investors that you want to work with. And so it's important that founders focus on that founder-partner fit, like we call it, Uh, and they should look for investors that they can work with You know, as an extension of their management team that can provide them value and experience and connections and are also in alignment with their company's value and core beliefs. So those are some of the things I really want listeners to think about when they're choosing uh, investors or partners to work with.
0: Yeah, great advice. Uh, So Matt, uh, before we close, please let us know how we can get connected with you, find out more about uh, your organization, Ripple Ventures, Uh, And then just final word for today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You can reach us at rippleventures.com. We're also on Twitter, uh, Ripple Ventures. You can find me on Twitter under my own name, Matty B. Cohen, uh, as well as our own podcast series, Tank Talks, which you can find at tanktalks.substack.com, where we meet with leaders in the venture capital and and, uh, finance and and venture uh, operating systems for you to learn from. So please check us out there. Uh, And we're always open for direct messages on LinkedIn and email and Instagram, wherever you can find us. So, you know, please feel free to reach out to anyone else on our team. We'd be happy to chat with you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Matt and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.